Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Jazz Mostert, and you're listening it to is, look, it's Inside great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bulb, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. You know, I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead, you could say. It's just it's, they're just... There's, <laughs> Good racing, and I enjoy it. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to another edition of Inside Supercars. Uh, joined this week, it's the V8X edition almost, with Adrian Mussolino, the editor of V8X magazine. Good evening, Adrian. Good evening, Craig. How are you? I'm going very well, thank you. As was As is, I'm sure, John Bannon. Good evening, Craig. Uh, hi, Adrian. It's going to be an interesting weekend down there at Winton, to say the least. New surface and claims at Triple Eight and and uh, Jamie Wincup and David Couchy have been stealing data, stealing by way of going down and running a car that Triple Eight have built for another competitor. If that's actually stealing, it's Adrian? a very smart strategy. Um, actually, when you think of it, this is the year where the Victorian teams were going to have a much bigger advantage over the Queenslanders, given that they've tested on the near surface. So smart from Triple Eight to hook up with their customer team and get some data. You know, Couchy and Jamie were there testing the Team 18 car, and and you know we'll see if it pays dividends this weekend. You know, if, if they're the one Queensland entry that's up there at the top of the times, we'll know it's paid off. You know, is it fair or not? That that's another question, but. When you've got those customer relationships, I guess you can exploit them in that way. And John, I just, I just seem to remember that uh, Mark Winterbottom went up and tested a Dick Johnson racing car probably two years ago now, um, ahead of the Queensland round. Yeah, look, I think uh, this, this data sharing uh, amongst customer teams and and getting a, a bit of uh, in, inside knowledge. Uh, you know, I don't think this is something that's new. Uh, it, it filters right through to the development series in, in terms of uh, the information that the Triple Eight provides to its customer teams there and the information that ProDrive provides to uh, its ProDrive team in the, in the development series. So, look, I think uh, if, if people are expecting not to get some sort of uh, advantage from a, a relationship, uh, or I guess outsiders are expecting not, not for there not to be an advantage from that relationship. Then, then I think we're all dreaming a bit, really. And it's amazing how far the uh, supercars has come, because we have got a situation, Adrian, where uh, when Brightech and and the Greenfield Mowers site uh, teams were up and running, the rules were in place where you couldn't do what we see now is the standard for a, a small team, which is buy off the shelf and get all this data from um, uh, from the uh, head office. They, they were, those sorts of things were expressly banned, which made it very, very expensive for Brightech and for um, the uh, Greenfields team to be able to operate, and consequently both those teams are no longer with us. Yeah, absolutely. And the name of the game these days is cost cutting because we know how tough the economy is, how you know entries are finding it difficult to sustain their racing operations throughout the season. So you understand why these customer relationships work. And you look at Team 18, for example, 
they wouldn't have been able to go independent personally, I don't think, unless they had that sort of relationship. And, you know, when you buy that AAA car, it sort of gives you that in to what many people consider the best team in the paddock. So, you know, it, it's a smart move. Um, smart from Triple Eight to explore that given the Winston resurfacing because, as I said, the Queensland teams didn't have a test day there. They won't know what the surface is like come Friday practice. So, you know, that's a big disadvantage when you go up against the touring teams who have had two days there this, this year already. And I guess to highlight that, John, the only Queenslander that was on the podium last year was Craig Lowndes with a third in race three. The rest of the mm. racing was all done by... Uh, the rest of the podium positions were all taken by the Victorian teams, be it FPR or basically FPR Nissan. And, of course, Brad Jones had a, a second with Fabian uh, at the Sweet. end of the weekend. Well, that's right, Craig. And, I mean, I imagine the Victorian teams would be disappointed if, if they didn't take advantage uh, of, of that extra knowledge that that they'd built up and I'm sure that would be the expectation uh, within those squads so uh, look I I think that you know this is it's good for the sport and I mean do we want to go down a Formula One path where you know you have these big manufacturers at the top uh, and only really a couple of people capable of winning I mean we've got what seven different winners in the championship uh, so far this year Uh, so look I'm happy if there's a little bit of better sharing here and there. If it, it means that we have uh, and continue to maintain the, you know, arguably the closest uh, championship in the world. And interestingly, Adrian, Carl Haas in Formula One said, "I am going to bolt onto my race car as many Ferrari parts as I am legally allowed to do." And Absolutely, and it worked initially for them, you know, given they scored points in their first two races, and for a brand new Formula One team, that's you know, almost unheard of in this current era. So, you know, it is the way of the world. Obviously, we don't want to get to the point where we've got a grid made up of only three or so different types of cars from the three, you know, manufacturers. But, you know, for, for these small teams to survive, that's what needs to happen. They need to buddy up with a big team. And, you know, now that we're a few years in the car in the future, more cars getting built, more will filter down. We'll probably see more of it. Now, ahead of the break, John, because you certainly know about the uh, the next generation of drivers coming through, is it interesting to you that this year, for the first time in, in certainly my memory, we don't have a race for the Dunlop Series at either Winton or Queensland Raceway, which is one or the other uh, test tracks for the Dunlop Series teams? Yeah, it's an interesting point, Craig, and perhaps... Uh yeah, highlights that maybe they, they want to give uh, the, these young drivers uh, exposure on, on some of those bigger um, marquee circuits and, and also, as you pointed out there, uh, in not testing at a track they race, uh, they're then having to adjust again when they go to a circuit that they haven't been to before. But I guess there is a familiarity with uh, being at Winton and and Queensland um, Raceway, so I, I, I imagine some of the teams are a bit disappointed uh, that they won't get the chance to to, to race at, at either of those venues. But, uh, but look, um, to be honest, at, at their stage in their career, I, I don't think it, 
it really matters, um, you know, where they race. They're just looking to, to make their mark uh, in, in whatever uh, way they can. And, um, you know, the, the cream will always rise to the top anyway. And, of course, Adrian, probably no surprise that the Dunlop Series is running at five of the five Channel 10 rounds uh, this year. Yeah. Sorry, four of the six. uh, Four of the five, yeah, because they're not running at the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's a tough one, you know, the juggling act that has to happen with the Dunlop Series because they don't have big budgets. And, you know, I know some of them haven't been happy with Going out to Perth, for example, given the long distance to travel there, take all the trucks there and cars there, and it's so straight on the back of straight on the back of Phillip Island too. Absolutely. So it's a surprise that you know when you consider most of them are Victorian or Queensland based that they're not racing at Winston or Queensland Raceway. But you know, I think BSC the cars is doing a bit of a juggling act in terms of you know where do we put them, how will it work for the TV, how will it work for those events, and you know, the, those six marquee events as they are now, they're the ones where, you know, the big crowds crowds are attracted on TV and in person. So it makes sense to have the second-tier category, you know, alongside the main game and sort of really bump up the profile of the young drivers and those independent teams. Mm. Well, we'll take a break here on Inside Supercars and there's plenty more to talk about when we return. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page... Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two level two the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. It's John Bannon and Adrian Mussolini working with me, Craig Ravel, and Winton this weekend. New surfaces we've talked about, and interestingly that we have a situation where um, Stefan Bartholomeus has uh, broken the story that Vert Supercars aren't going to test a new set of tyres, um, a new set of, I believe it was Super Softs, or a new mix of Super Softs following this Winton round because they're concerned that the uh, the grippy surface might have too high a degradation, Adrian. Yeah, and, and obviously it's a big unknown heading into this weekend. Obviously the Victorian teams will have a set of data, but, um, you know, their supercars is probably a bit out of the loop and want to see how the weekend plays out. You don't want to do new tyre testing at a circuit where, you know, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what the grip level is going to be like. It, it throws in too many variables. So probably a sensible decision and, from what I believe, it'll just be moved back maybe to Queensland Raceway. And it's um, a new construction that is in the mix for next year and promises sort of more, you know, good racing, maybe more degradation. And we've seen the impact of the soft tyre, what it's done this year. So more of it, if, if we have a compound that sort of works even better, that should only improve the racing even more. Mm. Well, 
Winton, of course, John is going to be the super sprint format, and I think everyone's in a grants. I know Adrian didn't want to go too early with the uh, call, but I think everyone's in a grants. This year's formula is far superior to uh, uh, a couple of the formulas we've had over the years. Oh, without question, Craig. I mean, when we've had those uh, short sprint races uh, the last few years, it it, it really was a bit of a yawn, and um, you know, to, uh, to to go back uh, to a more extended format this year uh, has meant uh, there's a bit more strategy involved, and uh, and ultimately it's it's meant for more interesting races, more overtaking, uh, and uh, less sort of tyre conservation and and those sort of uh, variables. So, look, uh, Winton always throws up a bit of a mix. It's not a track where uh, drivers have, have, have tended to dominate in the past. Just looking through the, the current grid, I think uh, uh, Craig Lowndes, Garth Tander, Jamie Wincup and Bridie have all had uh, four wins at Winton, but uh, it's not uh, like uh, eight or nine or, or ten wins that uh, you, you get at some of the other tracks, the sort of dominance you get. So it can throw up a mix of results. Um, Pro Drive did really well there last year, and and Nissan also scored a couple of podiums. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a very interesting weekend. And that's the question: Can Nissan keep themselves moving forward here? And, and I guess there's so many other sub stories about Nissan going on at the moment, Adrian. Yeah, this is a big weekend for them. Let, let's remember this is where they scored so far their only win in the. Fiat Supercar era back in 2013 with James Moffat, that one-two with Caruso, and you know we know that was slightly tarnished by the controversy around the fuel that that weekend and being put in those two cars. So they've definitely made big progress. You can see it this year that the consistency there is there. They're regularly running multi, multiple cars in the top ten, but they really do need that win. I mean, since. That 2013 when you've had the you know customer Mercedes win a race, you've had the Volvos win multiple races. Nissan really needs to be up there, and this is a track that should suit them. The aero and engine have made big gains. Um, they've been had podiums, been competitive, but they just need to go that one step further. And I think they're looking good this weekend. That they're one of the Victorian teams who have tested there, so there's you know you know positive positive things to come maybe for Nissan this weekend, but they definitely need that win. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, if we see Volvo continuing to have the resurgence they had over the last couple of rounds, John, and if Nissan can start getting themselves up into the mix, then uh, there's going to be a lot of questions on where do teams go when we've got more and more Holdens and less and less everything else. Yeah, well, I, I guess firstly uh, with, with Volvo, uh, you know, Scotty and Moff, are, I think, are pretty motivated right now uh, to, to deliver results, particularly in, in light of the announcements that have come out of, of Sweden in recent weeks, and and uh, I think they've they've proved uh, by by their strong results on on different tracks that um, you know they're, they're certainly capable of being uh, very competitive at at Winton this weekend and. And, you know, we've talked about McLaughlin's talent uh, for a while now and uh, he, he just seems to be getting better uh, and, and better every race and uh, really 
uh, his quality is such at the moment that you couldn't really uh, discount him from being uh, certainly right up there uh, in terms of the, the final results. Of course, uh, he's, uh, I think, the only driver this year to, to win two races. So, um, look, uh, they, they could, they could um, you know, be right up there this weekend with, uh, with Red Bull and, uh, and, and Pro Drive and... And, and as Adrian's already mentioned, you know, this is a track that Nissan have traditionally done very well at. Uh, they did well there last year. So, uh, look, if, if they're going to, to run in, in those top three places, um, this is certainly the track for them to do it. And it's, it's going to be important too for um, the way that everyone looks at the supercar series. There's a, a lot of a lot of negativity around with stories, Adrian, and I know you're the man who, who's the eternal optimist when it comes to supercars. Really? I, I, that's news to me. Um, I guess it depends on which day you get me, but, you know, there has been some negative stories, no doubt. The news out of Sweden wasn't good, but I think the important thing, the important way to look at it is what were the real motivations behind it and it seems that Volvo as a whole is moving away from motorsport and you know that's a trend that's been going on for some years now amongst multiple manufacturers and you know I think if you speak to Volvo Car Australia they were keen to continue so you know this is what manufacturers do, they come and go you look at Formula 1 you know the history is full of manufacturers that come and go and um, that's why supercars going forward really needs to make it so privateer teams can survive on their own and you know you look at Gary Rogers pre-Volvo Brad Jones racing at the moment even ProDrive without Ford backing you know they can survive and they can win races so that's what the sport needs to do to future-proof itself so it's not dependent on manufacturers and of course John the other interesting point is it's all softs on the new surface so it could really be a high deg weekend it could and uh, I guess as Adrian mentioned earlier in, in our chat that um, having a, a new surface uh, will, will throw up variables and uh, will of course call into question um, tire degradation and exactly uh, how long these, these soft tires uh, will last um, I guess also it'll It'll also show up um, the, the grip of the new, new circuit and um, and how how also the track holds up. So um, look, uh, that that will be a factor uh, this weekend, and um, I, I guess it's an unknown for the teams and, and the fans at, at this stage. Adrian, what about your read on the tyres? Yeah, it's interesting if we think back to Darwin last year, racing for the first time on that new surface and the racing quality it produced. It was probably one of the strongest racing weekends of the season. So hopefully there's more of that. You know, it's, if you talk to the drivers, they ask for two things. One is, you know, soft tyres that give them more grip and two is a surface that gives them more grip. So when you throw those two into the equation, it should result in good racing. Um, Winton's a pretty tight and twisty circuit. It's not really conducive to a lot of overtaking, but when you've got that soft tyre and that grip, you know, drivers can have a lunge, There'll be different, you know, strategies. Therefore, different rates of tyre wear. So, you know, it's looking up for a good weekend, especially when you think of how competitive the series has been. You know, the amount of different winners and how tight it is among that top ten. It, it, you know, who knows? You know, what we'll see this weekend, as you said, you know, Nissan and 
Volvo in the mix. There's a whole gaggle of Holdens and Pro Drivers, the form qualifying team. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. Mm. All right. Well, we'll take a break here on Inside Supercars and we'll have a look at what the co-driver market's doing right after this. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian Times since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Adrian Mussolino, the editor of VADX magazine, and John Bannon, of course, staff writer. Can we say staff writer? Freelance writer. What's what's the more correct term? Oh, I'm not sure it matters too much. I think it's technically journalist, but, uh, <laughs> but whatever, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get, Craig. Fair enough. And, uh, well, the news, Greg Murphy is going to be steering David Reynolds, Erebus Commodore, at the Winton session, one of a number of drivers who, well, are perhaps deciding on whether they uh, are going to line up in the, well, in the Enduros later this year, Adrian. Yeah, very interesting. That came out of left field, and when you think of Erebus, they, you know, last year they had Jack Brock and Alex Davison, and you know Alex Davison linked up with his brother, who's no longer there, and Jack Brock is pro drive aligned nowadays. So they are in the market for two new co-drivers, and now that they're running Holden's, and we know of Greg Murphy's long-time links with Holden, that sort of could open up. I mean, you know, he's suggested that it's just a one-off, but. You know, we've seen Russell Engel sign up with Nissan, so, you know, what odds Greg Murphy joining Dave Reynolds? I mean, you know, when you think of those two together, it's an exciting combination, and I think Erebus at the moment could really use someone of Murphy's experience. Mm. It's going to be interesting, like we talk about ProDrive, seeing who jumps in the ProDrive cars on Friday because everyone's expecting Jack LeBoc to be there and uh, announcements are obviously pending on what they're doing long term. But then you have someone like Chas Mostert who won the race with the uh, oldest man in the field uh, with uh, Paul Morris a couple of years ago. And, of course, uh, you know, he's a, he's a driver that... I reckon there'd be a lineup wanting to get in as co-driver with him. Yeah, well, I, I think what's interesting with, with ProDrive at the moment is that you know they've got two very strong drivers in, in the Dunlop series, in, in Jack LeBrock, who you mentioned, uh, and also Gary Jacobson. Uh, Jacobson had a, a very strong start uh, to the series, and and perhaps arguably surprisingly so. I think after LeBrock finished third in the championship last year and had a really strong year um, that uh, he expected to, well, I don't think Jack did, but I think some of us pundits expected him to sort of waltz away with the Dunlop series this year. So, look, Jacobson could be the one um, to perhaps uh, fill that seat given uh, that, that uh, yeah, he's really, uh, I guess, matching LeBrock this year. They're tied on championship points at the moment. So, 
And, and really, I mean, if you're going to have a, a junior team and, and your two drives are doing an out, your two young drives are doing an outstanding job, then uh, it would seem like a, you know, and they're getting a lot of miles in the car, that uh, it would be a useful progression uh, for the team as well. I think Jacobson's Actually, only uh, uh, Jacobson's only way of getting a, a drive with Pro Drive this year is if he has a New Zealand heritage. Uh, it's not going to be with Chas Mostert, that's for sure. Yeah, I was about to say there is going to be an announcement um, depending on when you're listening, um, Wednesday morning. Um, I think Adrian and I already know the answer and we can't say because the embargo's yeah. on. We can't yeah. say until then, but um, there will be, yeah, I can't really say that. I guess when people listen to this show later in the week, they would have read it in the headlines. But yeah, there is that super black racing entry that doesn't have a confirmed co-driver as yet, so that's pro-driver lined. It'll be interesting to see. They obviously have some Kiwi drivers lined up elsewhere. Um, so, and Pedersen's run previously as their co-driver. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but things will be a bit clearer tomorrow. Mm. Yep, indeed. Sorry about that, uh, John. <laughs> no, no no dramas at all. I, I, I do think that, um, you know, given Gary's strong start, that he does deserve a, a, you know, a drive somewhere and, you know, maybe... Maybe that uh, icebreaker entry will be it, but as you, as Adrian said, that the New Zealand League uh, probably puts an end to that as well. So um, it'll be interesting to, to to know whether he's shopping uh, elsewhere as well. Yep. Or even if it's worth making a move when you're already with the Pro Drive team, is it worth making a move to a team that's you know not Pro Drive? Um, does that help your career necessarily? Well, let, let's let's remember as well when Chas Mostert was pro uh, Ford Performance Racing at the time aligned in 2012, and he was running in the Dunlop Series. He didn't get an endurance co-driver role with the team, and you know he was racing against Scott McLaughlin, Scott Pye, Nick Perkett, who all raced at the Enduros, and he was just doing DVS. It wasn't until the next year when he got loaned out to D. Johnson Racing that he got his main game debut so there's a bit of history there with the team that they sometimes you know don't have the room in their squad and you look at the likes of Dean Canto there's been you know they're established co-drivers for a number of years sometimes there just isn't the spots available and aside from the super black entry there really is no well I don't think there is another Falcon um, in the mix for the Enduros so then he doesn't really have another option no, that's right. And remembering that there are experienced co-drivers that uh, are available too because you've got um, uh, Frenchie going into uh, Jamie Wincup's car. And uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. He will be oh, sorry, yeah, from Shane Van Gisbergen's car. Yes. And, um, of course, that then frees up, um, since Stephen Richards is still staying with Craig Lowndes, that frees yep. up Steve Owen, doesn't it? Where well, doesn't, and you've got Alex Davison who's still on the market. You also have, there's a few out there, and there's a number of things to shake out, and it'll become a bit clear at the end of this week mm. what's happening. And there's definitely still a few seats available. As we said, Erebus still has two. Gary Rogers also still has one available. David Wall will be in one of those two entries, but there's um, still Volvo up for grabs mm. that Premier was driving last year. 
Yep, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting market to say the least once it gets finalised. We need to take a break here on Inside Supercars, and when we return, we'll talk about Malaysia. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And And you're you're listening listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. And, of course, KL, we've discussed it on this show for a well, quite some time now, whether it will go ahead. Last week on uh, television, James Warburton said he's giving it to the end of the month to make a decision on uh, whether the supercars will be heading to Malaysia. But uh, obviously, as soon as there started to be legal wranglings around that event, everyone started to uh, prick their ears up and worry, Adrian. Yeah, it's not looking good. Obviously, when, as you said, there is legal matters, then it's out of supercars' hands and out of the event organisers' hands and, you know, it'll be held up. And when you think of a street circuit and what's required to get it up and running, especially one around a capital like that, then, you know, it's not looking good. The race is in uh, August, so not long to go from the end of May. So my bet would be it's not going to happen and I think VS Supercars will probably look and just, you know, not choose to replace it with another local round and just, um, you know, maybe look to 2017 and see if it can be revitalised or look elsewhere. But, you know, once again, it raises the question of international events and whether it's worth it. And, of course, uh, John, we have seen before when you have a contract for so many TV events that if you do lose your event, like I think it was the uh, China event, they ended up having to run at Winton that weekend, or the week actually it was a weekend after. Um, and then when they lost one of the Middle Eastern rounds, they basically turned up for a second time at Phillip Island just so they could provide the TV that they were required to provide for seven. Mm. Oh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what they elect you know, to do on, on this occasion. But look, uh, as, as Adrian mentioned there, it's, it, it does really uh, put into question uh, this pursuit of, um, of overseas rounds. You know, I understand, you know, why we do it as a sport and, and probably the, uh, the money that, that, that is brought into the sport as, as a result when it all um, goes off without, without a hitch. But, um, you know, what we're staring down the barrel of is, is, is one less round that's, uh, around that, that could have been uh, in Australia or New Zealand, uh, where uh, the drivers in the championship are based. Uh, there's always been a bit of uproar in the past from fans about taking races overseas and, um, you know, the inability to be able to attend those events. You know, while I accept, you know, the TV packages now are very good and, you know, it, it would allow people to watch it, you know, on on television and not be an issue and you're also going to a country that's not in a massively different time zone, um, you know, there, there would be 
I guess, quite a bit of disappointment um, if it were if it were not to go ahead, and, and that certainly looks like it, it may be the case. Mm. And of course, this is not anything to do with V8 supercars, and uh, a lot of people will. Well, oh, so V8 supercars have done it again, but it, this is so far away from being V8 supercars' fault. However, it just doesn't look good, does it, Adrian? No, and that's the problem when you take it out of your own hands and rely on others, especially in countries where, you know, maybe the motorsport culture isn't as ingrained or, you know, you think of all the logistics around a street circuit and then you throw in different race promoters and trying to promote a series which is Australian-based and doesn't have a local... I know there's been local events, you know, thrown into that event, but, you know, it's just... There's a lot of question marks around it and, you know... I understand, as John said, there is some benefits to international races, the impact for sponsors and manufacturers, etc. But you have to think all the resources and effort that's gone into this event and now potentially trying to save it, wouldn't that be better off being channeled into, you know, a Central Coast or a Geelong or a Newcastle or second event in New Zealand or something along those lines where you know the crowd support's going to be there. You know the market will support it. You know you know, TV audiences will be at the same time. There's not going to be the freight issues that there are with international events. It just it doesn't make sense. And when you think of the list of international events that's now gone by the wayside, you have to wonder what the point is. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, John, you did a, a fantastic story of... <laughs> I know how busy you were because I saw you doing it for V8X magazine. We looked at the next generation of drivers and uh, there's plenty of good drivers out there. We're seeing one of the best and most competitive uh, Dunlop series for years amongst those new drivers. But uh, I'm just wondering, with all the things we're seeing and reading, are these new drivers going to be driving in a much different car? Well... I'm not so sure that's the case. I know that um, Gary Rogers, in, in his column uh, in the current issue of VADX magazine, uh, certainly feels that uh, that the, the V8 formula won't be won't be going away uh, certainly uh, next year, and that he thinks it's highly uh, unlikely that um, I guess uh, manufacturers w- would come in and, and look at um, a, a, a running a different. Um, type of car and, and, and engine setup. So, look, um, I, I think in, in the foreseeable future, uh, that yeah, in, in answer in answer to your question, uh, it doesn't appear that there's going to be a big change there. Uh, I certainly uh, haven't heard anything. Maybe Adrian has, um, but uh, look, uh, I, I think in terms of the young drivers coming through, you know, having the current. Uh, generation cars for, for some of the, I guess, the, the bigger operations is, is a big bonus uh, for them. And you can see what ProDrive has achieved this year. You can see what uh, James Golding uh, is doing in his Gary Rogers um, car. And, and these these strong links with these main game teams uh, are, are really uh, helping these young drivers uh, show their potential. Interesting an interesting story there. We talk about James Goulding and, of course, we saw the Dragon sponsorship on Tim Blanchard's car um, over at BJR. And I, I've heard a, a rumour that the Holdens are now owned by Dragon Motorsport from the Gary Rogers stable, Adrian. 
Yeah, and that's obviously an interesting issue if the Volvos are dragged kicking and screaming back to Sweden because it you know, raises the question of what's Gary Rogers Motorsport going to do next year. Everyone assumed that they would just run there to Holden VF Commodores, which are car of the future spec, and they ran in 2013. But if they're owned by Dragon, then that, you know, throws a potential, you know, sticking point into the mix. And I think Dragon has their own main game aspirations as well with those cars. So, you know, there's going to be a lot to play out between GRM and Volvo with regard to what happens to those cars. I know Gary Rogers, his preference is to keep running them as privateer entries. Obviously, we've seen this year with ProDrive, they are running without Ford support and still making the FGX Falcons work. So it just, you know, leaves a bit of a void in the funding, but it can be done. It's just a question of who owns those cars. And when you think of who actually builds and runs them, I think Gary has a pretty strong case of why they should be kept here. Mm. All right. Now, sorry, we I digressed. Uh, John, you've you've spoken about Gary Jacobson. We've also said about Jack LeBrock's move forward. Golding obviously is a is a driver that's doing a great job, um, and they happen to be your top three in the Dunlop Series Championship at the moment. And uh, the first two are tied, and Golding's just thirteen points behind. That's right. It'll be interesting to see uh, how he. You know, if he can, um, I guess, challenge those guys over the course of the season. He's been very, very consistent uh, so far. And, and you know, as you mentioned, uh, I, I did speak to, to many of the, the drivers, if, if not just about all of them in the, in the Dunlop uh, series paddock. And I think what's interesting for me, Craig, is, uh, and, and it's probably as a result of, of how um, Formula Ford has gone by, by the wayside um, in in, in recent years, and, and you know, we now have Formula Four, and and it really seems now that these young drivers are just getting in these tin tops as early as, as they can, um, mm. you know, through the Conica series, and then uh, and then into the Dunlop series, and you know, some of them are so young. Look at the Kostecki brothers, uh, you know, sort of got a 16, 17 year old there, Bryce Fullwood, um, Alex Rulo, who's the youngest driver in the series, are just 15. Uh, you know these sort of um, these sort of young guys who uh, you know are really 15, 16, 17 years of age. They've never driven an open wheeler or very limited. They've re- I call it the Scott McLaughlin effect. Really, you know this, this is how Scott started at 16. Everyone thought he was nuts, um, and look how it's paid dividends for him. You know he's the uh, arguably the, the brightest young talent in, in the um, in the main game. So I think a lot of people have looked at that model and gone, I'm not going to waste um, my money and my time in, in open wheelers. And if I'm serious about getting into the, the main game, um, I'm going to throw my kid in, in a tin top as early as I can. Mm. And, um, and, and it results in, in the field that we've got in the Dunlop series this year. Yeah, and of course uh, the... Someone like Andrew Jones, who's currently fourth in the championship, who, what is about 36, looks, you know, like he's Russell Ingle, 136 compared to some of the guys he's racing. Yeah, well, that, that's right too. Uh, but uh, as I guess Jack has, has told told me and, and Gary as well, um, they appreciate having some of those experienced guys in the series, you know, Paul Dumbrell as well, 
because it's important, you know, to have those guys who are regular co-drivers because they're a really good yardstick uh, for these young guys. And, you know, if you're beating a, a Dumbrell and an Andrew Jones uh, in similar equipment, then uh, it's proven to those main game teams that you're capable of doing a very good job. Indeed. We need to take a break here on Inside Supercars. When we come back, it'll be a final thought and, of course, who would you rather be? I hope you'll stay with us. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought, or perhaps even a tip from the weekend, Adrian Mussolino. Well, I think Winston's going to be interesting for a number of different reasons, but I'm always fascinated by that event, at looking at the crowd and how strong it is. I think that event's a real barometer for the health of the series. Obviously, we know it caters for those regional towns around it, and there's a hardcore support that doesn't get to many other races. But it's always interesting to see how many Melbourneians and Victorians make the effort to drive up there. So it's always an interesting gauge. We're in the second year now of the new TV deal and a lot of talk about the future of the series. You know, how how full are those campgrounds going to be? How, you know, packed are those hills going to be? And we'll see over the weekend. Right. A tip? Uh, I think Rick Kelly will win a race this weekend. I, I just think Nissan's on the up, and he'll continue that sort of streak of different winners and get it done. All right. And uh, John Bannon, a final thought or observation from you? Yeah, what, what I love about tracks like Winton is that, you know, you can show up and pretty much from wherever you're standing, you can see the whole track. Uh, you, you can see all the action, and it really does help uh, the, the crowd get involved. And, and so, you know, I, I think it's good that we, we go to the, these regional tracks, you know, not not as much as we <laughs> used to because we've got these big blockbuster events. But uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's also a more relaxed atmosphere as well. So, you know, I think um, for, for those reasons, it's a, it's a great round to have as part of the championship. Uh, I, I agree with Adrian. I think Nissan will be very strong uh, this weekend. But, uh, for the sake of being uh, a, b- a bit different, uh, I think um, look, uh, I think Chaz is starting to get back up to to real speed again, and uh, I-, I think he'll be hard to beat this weekend. All right. Well, who would you rather be? First to you, John Bannon, and I'm going to say a driver of an Erebus car who had a win there last year, or a driver of a Nissan who had a win there, and Nissan's only win there two years ago. Well, I think you've given me a pretty easy question. Craig, uh, you know, obviously uh, Nissan have, have strong form on this track and and uh, a, a team that, uh, as Adrian has said, is quite capable of, of winning this weekend, you know, either through the, the hands most likely of, of Rick Kelly or, or Michael Caruso. So it's a no-brainer for me. I'd, I'd rather be in the Nissan. All right, then, Adrian Mussolino, who would you rather be? If 
And this is predicated on the fact that Greg Murphy needs to be running the Enduros with David Reynolds. Who would you rather be, David Reynolds with Murphy or with Russell in the Nissan? I think I'd prefer to be Rick Kelly having Russell Ingall as my co-driver in the Nissan. I think Erebus still has a way to go. Dave Reynolds is finding his feet at the team. Murph will, if he does co-drive with them, help along with the development. But the Nissan's further down the road. So I think Rick, Russell, their experience, that Nissan, I'd rather be in the 15 car, yeah. Yeah, all right. Thanks very much to Adrian Mussolino. And, uh, of course, the current edition of VRX magazine is out now looking back at the Ford and Holden era. And, uh, of course, the new edition is going to the printers very, very soon. Yes, it's um, being put together, finalised this weekend at Winton. And it's um, stepping forward from where we left off with the last issue that looked back at the Ford and Holden Commonwealth Falcon era. The next issue, we'll look forward at what's coming ahead, post-Falcon and Commodore, um, range of different topics and issues, and um, all will be revealed soon. All right, sounds great. John Bannon, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for having me on the program, Craig. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Until next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.